If you couldn't tell by the name of this podcast, it is not appropriate for children. The content of our episodes may include subjects of sexual and or abusive nature against adults, children, and or animals. While the topics of this podcast are typically very serious, the hosts have trash mouths and inappropriate senses of humor. If you are easily offended, Karen and Linda, this likely isn't the right content for you. Proceed at your own behest. Hey everybody, this is Courtney. And this is Allison. And you're listening to Murder Porn. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Episode number two. (laughs) Dun dun dun. (laughs) Still don't have music. (laughs) No, we're still working on the music. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so you and I had discussed the other day that perhaps we should like explain the meaning behind heart name just in case people like either don't get it or like are offended by it in some capacity because really it's harmless and like long story short. So my husband's a huge foodie and chef, like not professional, but like he's a good cook. Mm-hmm. And when we first started dating, like all he would watch was like cooking shows And he would get so into it and, like, drool and, like, then be hungry and want to eat. And I was just, like, I swear you react to this like it's porn. It's your food (laughs) porn. So, so (laughs) I started calling that his food porn. And then, like, the more I started, like, devouring true crime materials, true crime materials, like, like, literally anything I can get my hands on. Movies, documentaries, TV series, books, podcasts anything tiktoks anything i just devour it and it's basically all i watch like it's what i do to like relax um is watch (laughs) murder stuff but so he calls it now since i called his food porn he now calls this murder porn Mm -hmm. um this week i'm going to be talking about richard speck yeah um so why were you drawn to this case Courtney (laughs) so um basically what Richard Speck is most known for which um I have to admit I knew about what he did but I didn't know his name and see my pictures of him but I didn't remember his name well, the actually, reason I that I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think like I knew his name or I think I knew his name at one point in time, but I just, I didn't connect everything. Um, but I think a lot of people probably have heard of what he's done. Um, they just don't connect it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think maybe that's just in my head because that's me. That's probably right. <laughs> no, that, no, you're probably totally right. And then like the only reason that I thought of it is because I was watching Mindhunters again. And they, mm-hmm. like, go to interview him in the show. Which, by the way, it, people, if you have not seen Mindhunters, what are you waiting for? It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's dope. It's so dope. It's based off of a book by John Douglas, who, by the way, is, like, my hero and amazing. And I love him. And I <laughs> would love to meet him. Like, I, I, I don't fangirl over movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> I fangirl over the behavioral analysis unit of the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So 
so everybody right now, I mean, okay, this is going to be like totally a dark topic and like really sad, but everybody right now is like simping over President Zelensky from Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Totally. And all I can, well, he you was know, an actor and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, he's hot for sure. But all I can think about is this poor dude may not live and we're simping yeah. through, or like we're simping him. Like, I can't. <laughs> My brain doesn't want, like, this is the inappropriate laughing. Like, um, my brain doesn't want to wrap around this, but it's trying to. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like, it's horrible. The mm-hmm. one thing that sticks in my mind is the video that's going around about the NICU babies. It's just so rough. Oh, So yeah. rough. Yeah. Or the, um, what was the other one? The, oh my gosh. So I also kind of empathize with, like, the, I mean, what's happening in Ukraine is awful, but I empathize with, like, the soldiers, too, that are sitting there, and they have no clue why they're there. And, like, the recording of the Russians. Nor do they want to be there. No, Nor they don't do they be want there. to be there. No, and then, like, he was getting food and drink, calling his mom. Like, oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's rough. And he's probably going to go back to Russia and get killed. Yeah, it's just people will be careful about the... Um information that you get in the pictures that you see on social media though i was just listening Mm to um a podcast earlier today that was basically highlighting like the false information recycled pictures from eons ago like just take everything with a grain of salt you know have a brain of your Mm -hmm. own do your own research outside of what you see on social media that's all i'm asking yeah but also the ukrainian president is hot i mean it just is what it is yeah, <laughs> for sure. I don't disagree. I think there's men that think he's hot that are straight. I'm sure there's a <laughs> lot of straight men who think, yeah, that's a handsome dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about Richard Speck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally, Whoops. <laughs> we totally went off on a... It's not good to make a show where both hosts have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> probably not probably not oh well it is what it is we're doing oh, well. it we're doing uh, it and doing it and doing it well <laughs> anyway uh richard so oh yeah he... what, what drew you to him okay so um he's best known for going into a townhouse a basically kind of breaking in and um killing a bunch of nursing students and uh i know the story because i'm a nurse (laughs) yeah yeah this one hits a little close to home for you it it hits too close to home too close to home which some people are going to question i know like okay but she said she has a degree in criminal justice i have both i intended on being a forensic nurse and that went off the table at one point because you have to work in an ER and I'm, I no, no, yeah. <laughs> that's a no, that's a hard pass. Um, but yeah, so to clear up any question anybody might have about that, but yeah, that's what drew me to this whole entire thing is like knowing the case and knowing what had happened and so it was interesting to get to know more about him and why, what has led him to this point. 
um, which I had found out that he also has the trophy for being America's first mass murderer. Oh, really? Yes, he's technically considered America's first mass murderer, which I did not know that. Muy interesante. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, dang, I didn't realize that he was that first with everything because and they say that like that was technically like the end of our age of innocence because he just went into this townhouse and killed all these innocent women but anyway we'll get into all that yeah (laughs) I'm excited to hear the story because I honestly know only bits and pieces um but I do want to point out that if anybody has seen American Horror Story, Mm -hmm. there are, like, blips of this Mm -hmm. case scattered about. So next time you're watching it or or reflecting upon it, just think of of where all you see them, because that's exactly what this was, that was derived from, was this case. So, Richard Speck. So, um, he was born December 6th, 1941. Which, cookie to anybody who knows what day fell after that one. A day that will (laughs) live in infamy. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's ironic. Anyway, so he was born in um, Kirkwood, Illinois. And he was the son, the seventh child of eight children to Benjamin and Mary Speck. Midwest boy. Yes, he is. Um, what what the hell is up with so many like deranged, fa- like famously deranged, notorious individuals coming from the Midwest? Know. It's I, bananas. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's totally cool. Um. So anyway, Mary Speck. To just get to know a little bit about her, she was a really religious woman. She was Presbyterian. She was really, really, really against, um, like, drinking, drugs, cigarettes. Um, And then you have his father, who was known as, like, a hardworking soap, who was really, really close to Richard. Although, when I was watching, so I was, I got a lot of information from a documentary um, I was looking at Murderpedia. Uh, I looked at Britannica.com. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know that Encyclopedia Britannica had a website. So you're well, teaching they, me things. They do. <laughs> they do. And um, apparently at one point in time, like, Mary got mad at Benjamin when he had, like, a beer at a fish fry like that's how it was and you're gonna she's a teetotaler yeah well she's probably like a women's like one of those what were the name of the group of women that like were all about um uh good god words (laughs) what was it called when they like um outlawed drinking and alcohol Oh, a prohibitionist? Yeah. I don't know. I bet you she was. She would have been, been, I guess, if she was alive in the 20s. Hmm. (laughs) 
She probably was. Um, but you'll find the irony in all of this throughout the story. Okay. But anyways, so he was really close to his father. Um, like I said, he was the seventh of eight children. He, it was him and then his sister Carolyn and Carolyn and Richard were like much younger than their other or younger than their older siblings and um, Benjamin worked at this it's called Western Stonework in Monmouth Illinois and when um, they had moved to Monmouth like when Richard was really young so that's where like he that was basically like his home base in his mind okay um was Monmouth so um and I know that Richard or like Richard's dad actually picked up an extra job um when Richard was born just to provide for the family but he always made time on the weekends to go like fishing with Richard and spend time with Richard and sadly he's a good dad yeah he is but sadly, he passed away when Richard was only six years old. Oh, no. Which had, he passed away of a heart attack. Oh. Uh, he was only 53 years old. A and widow maker. This, uh, probably. Uh, probably. But this had, like, a profound impact on Richard in multiple different ways. Um, yeah, I bet. I mean, how could it not? I, if, let me tell you it did (laughs) there was the fact that I guess he almost kind of like regressed um like his classmates talk about how he was always really whiny he was like he got almost like a social anxiety afterwards he was eating crayons that kind of stuff and the only way the teacher could calm him down was like to hold like to set him on their lap in class so it definitely had like a profound impact on him in that way. But then it also led his mother, Mary, to meet this man named Carl Lindbergh. And he was a traveling salesman. Of course he was. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) to say he was like the opposite of Richard's dad is an understatement. Um, I already feel bad for little Richard. (laughs) (laughs) well don't don't get there quite yet (laughs) but um so I guess they married in 1950 so Richard's dad died in 1947 and then she married um Carl in 1950 and after only eight months of marriage uh Richard Carolyn and Mary and Carl all moved down to Dallas, Texas. Oh, goodness. Uh huh. How old was Richard at this point? 10? You would be, yeah, or nine. Nine. Man, my parents moved me from like just from one school district to another when I was that age. And like Mm -hmm. the effect that that had on me, like for the actual rest of my life. Yeah. Like I could only imagine moving you know probably what is probably 2,000 miles away that's bananas yeah so and I know I know like his siblings stayed his older siblings stayed in Illinois so I'm sure that that like affected him as well um and like I said he like Carl was different 
than his dad. Like Carl was ironically enough, a drinker. Um, Interesting. Yeah. He also had um, a criminal record for forgery and DUIs. Um, He was abusive. Like I, I never got clarification if he was ever physically abusive, but he was definitely like emotionally and mentally abusive towards um, Richard. And at one point in time, like had threatened to kick him out of the house when he was still really young. Ew. Yeah. Um, And then, so when they moved to Dallas, I guess, like, they bounced around from home to home a lot, um, moving to, like, poor neighborhoods. As you can expect, this, like, affected Richard in the fact that he was a very poor student. Um, Like I said, he kind of developed, like, an anxiety around people. He did not want to be, like, the center of attention, so he didn't talk in class. He refused to wear glasses that he needed to wear in order to read. So he, yeah, he basically was failing every subject. Could he read uh, though? He may like, was he literate? I think oh, okay. I think I think he was. Okay. I never got the impression that he wasn't. Okay. But he, I, that's a good question. I didn't see anything about that. Okay, I just keep I. Right. I know, so then, like I said, Carl was a drinker. Yeah. And by, at the age of 12, in order to kind of um, get back at his stepdad, uh, Richard started stealing alcohol from his stepdad, and he was drinking it. And eventually, by the time he was 15 years old, he was like a daily drinker. 15. That's So if you can't imagine how that compound his problems even worse <laughs> yeah by just becoming a drinker that's just and, crazy yeah it is and he dropped out like right after his 16th birthday he was a freshman in high school i just recently watched a documentary on um aileen War- warna um who is like a famous female serial killer down in florida and she mm-hmm. was a heavy drinker from an early age, too. I wonder yeah. If there's... They I mean... talk something... They uh, they discuss about how he potentially had... Um, God, what is it called? Organic... Why can't I remember the name of it? It's like organic brain. It's where you suffer brain damage from uh, alcohol abuse and, like, drug use. Oh, You know what? That's interesting. Have you ever, I mean, I probably am way outside of my realm here, but I've seen CT scans of like a healthy 35-year-old man's brain and Mm -hmm. the brain of a 35-year-old alcoholic. And it causes like white white matter disease. Yeah, it causes, I think it causes like a shrinking of the brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty intense what alcohol can do to you. Um, yeah. But we crazy. still be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> True. But we're not drinking as much as, like, these people. <laughs> no, no, no. I hope not. <laughs> I'm not. So, so Richard dropped out of school, okay? And he ended up starting to kind of hang out with, like, the wrong type of people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which... Didn't see that coming. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he started hanging out with the wrong type of people. Um, he was introduced to drugs, pills. Um, he got involved with, like, prostitutes. Um, he started to develop, like, a long criminal history, which included a lot of drunken disorderly conduct and indecent exposure, shoplifting. And he also started to get tattoos, which becomes extremely important because he had a lovely tattoo on his forearm that said, born to raise hell. Very famous tattoo. Just remember that, guys. The story will come together. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on here is the fact that when Richard eventually was getting, let's be honest, he was arrested eventually. (laughs) Many times. I mean, obviously we wouldn't be talking about him. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert, when he was arrested, um, (laughs) he did undergo psyche vows and they talk a lot about how Richard had a Madonna- prostitute complex where basically he viewed women in one of two ways which was like either they were like virginal or they were whores and they were virginal probably ironically he saw them as maternal yeah I mean you could say (laughs) that but also and I mean like he would he would also like snap like when if he viewed any woman had like betrayed him So you suddenly then went from, like, the Madonna to a prostitute if you betrayed him in some manner. And even if it was, like, just in his head. Because he eventually did meet a girl. I'm going to call her a girl, even though, like, because she was 16. But he met this girl, and... Shirley Malone and he started dating her and he was dating her for a total of three weeks when he got her pregnant oh my god and he ended up marrying her I mean this is a different time this is like in the 1950s 60s early 1960s when this happened so I mean this is a very different time here but I mean yeah the options at that point were to Mm -hmm. go away to some convent and have the baby and then come home and pretend like nothing ever happened Mm-hmm. Or get married. Those yeah. were the options. Yeah, so he, he married her. And I don't know at what point it happened, but he started to, like, punish her for, like, essentially betraying him. He thought he she was cheating, so he would, like, go out and get prostitutes and get women and cheat on her. And he would, like you know paraded around her to kind of like hurt her um he eventually like became increasingly more abusive towards her as their relationship went on but he red flags all over the place yeah I mean like it, it was pretty crazy like how this all went down with Shirley but he like I said he got her pregnant and they had a daughter in July of 1962. But And do you think that he was there for that? I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> no, because he was spending 22 da- days in jail for what they say is drunken melee. Uh, that what is melee? Tw- Just like causing havoc? I don't know, because like, th- some of like, 
the charges I've never even heard of, like that get brought or like are kind of yeah, kind of old school. Um, melee I think is like havoc, maybe like wreaking havoc. I assumed it maybe fighting. Yeah, I would guess it was some sort of like drunken disturbance. Yeah. He was drunk and disorderly. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you. So that didn't last for very long that he was, like, out of jail. And then again in July 1963, he ended up back in jail. And that was because he took one of his coworkers because he was working at a 7-Up bottling plant in... Dallas and he stole one of his co-workers checks oh forged it cashed it and then oh, robbed a grocery store so he went to prison for forgery and robbery and seems like a nice got, guy yeah he got three years in prison but he only served 16 months and he was paroled so he's out you know you'd think maybe at this point he might start cleaning up his act but no he did not he then went on to assault a woman in her parking lot of her apartment building in january 1965 with a 17 inch carving knife almost killing her jesus he was very quickly apprehended he was charged (sighs) with aggravated assault and that's it not attempted murder that you know what that's what i wondered from my understanding like he like because i was read several places that he was charged and then i read a couple places that he actually pleaded guilty so So maybe he pleaded to a lesser charge or something that's what i'm thinking probably happened in this situation okay. because it, I would seem to me that he would get like a longer sentence but apparently because the not. law doesn't give a shit about women and their safety uh, especially probably you 1965 s- yeah I mean you see this shit time and time again where mm-hmm. women are assaulted and men basically get a slap on the wrist and then released out to do it again and again and mm-hmm. again and again it just kills me it kills me yeah, and, uh, and this will kill you, too. So he was charged. So he was sentenced to 16 months in addition to a parole violation. And he ended up only serving six months due to a bureaucratic error. And I'm not even sure what the fuck kind of bureaucratic error would cause that. Paperwork. They never specify. Literally paperwork. Probably. He was out of prison in six months. Disgusting. That's so disgusting. And then watch. He just escalates. Oh, yeah. It just keeps getting worse. So, um, in January 1966, Shirley finally has had enough with his ass. He's, like, raping her at knife point, like, four to five times a day. What the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, no, no. And she gets a divorce. Good for her. Leave his ass. That's yeah. the hardest thing when you're in a situation like that, especially when you have children and you married young. Like leaving is 
something that mm-hmm. you view as damn near impossible. So she is a strong woman, a strong woman. Yeah, Good for her. She, um, definitely got her shit together and just left. Um, I think probably the smartest person in this entire story because it just keeps getting worse. Um, so anyway, that same Hang month, on to your chairs, people. Just yeah. keeps getting worse for me. It just keeps getting worse, and he just keeps getting away with shit. Oh, that shit so, pisses me off so bad. Prosecute <sighs> violent offenders to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> and change the law and make it harsher. It's true, though. Anyway, later that month, he ended up stabbing a man. Didn't kill him. Stabbed him, though. Um, and then the DA only charged him with disturbing the peace. And I had read that essentially his like mom helped convince the DA to like drop him to a lesser charge. Like, I guess his mom would like almost always like run to his safety and defense and all of this to try and help him. And I hate mom enablers. But it's like, and but it was like his whole entire family. His entire wow. family was doing it. You'll hear it later on in the story. They were trying, like, constantly enabling this, but his mom was too. But he only got a three days in jail and a $10 fucking fine. For stabbing a guy. For stabbing a guy. And then, of course, later on in the month of March, that same year, he ended up buying a 12 year old car taking that car and robbing a grocery store and they were really quick to connect him to the crime based on the car and he realized that he his the jig was up and he was going to go back to prison so his sister carolyn drove him to a bus depot where he fled back to illinois somewhere he can just continue hurting people yeah to be with his siblings. So he his older back- siblings, right? Yes, his older okay. siblings. So he moved back to Illinois with his older siblings. Back to the Midwest. Yay. We need more psychotic people. Mm-hmm. So he goes back there and he's thinking, he tells his like siblings he's leaving all of this behind. Okay. He's he's left his that, that shit in the past. Okay. Um, he thinks that he's going back and his life is going to be better. He's going to be better. It was like where his dad, you know, he had fond memories of his dad. So he was thinking everything was going to be gravy. And so his like siblings really set him up, like in-laws get him jobs and they get him a place to live. And he ends up doing, um, working for like a carpenter in Monmouth, Illinois or he was working as a carpenter. And then he later finds out that Shirley remarried. And of course, he probably gets incredibly jealous. He snapped. He felt that she betrayed him. (laughs) Which, from my understanding, was like only a couple days after the divorce was granted. Um. It sounds like it took forever, though, because he was racing all over the country and going to jail and shit for however many years. Well, you know, dear God, I mean... Let the girl live. Does she... Should she have, like, stayed 
or should she have not moved on? I mean, given the fact of what he did to her, come on. I don't even, no, no, just, just move on lady. Anyway, so at that point in time, he quit his carpentry job and he moved into a hotel and began drinking and doing drugs again. I guess he cleaned up his act. He wasn't drinking, doing drugs, which from the dates and stuff, it, it wasn't long that he cleaned up his act. So it and caused he, like a relapse or whatever. Yeah, essentially it <coughs> caused a relapse and everything. He just snapped. At that point um, in April, and I'm like I say this, it's like maybe a couple weeks, he was on the straight and narrow. And on April 2nd, he ended up um, going to a 65-year-old woman's home in Monmouth. He um, basically at knife point uh, got her to, like, he blindfolded her and uh, tied her up. And the entire time he was, she said he was very polite and he was very soft-spoken, but he raped her. I think that gives me the fucking EBGBs. Like, this was in our last case, too, where they're, like, all nice, and they, like, tell you you're beautiful, and, like, they're super mm-hmm. polite, and, like, but that's that just says. makes my skin crawl even more than just rape in general. And and that's the thing, is, like, that's what I was thinking that exact same thing as I was, like, going through all of this stuff. I was like, dang, what is up with that? But, yeah, he, What's he, up with that? He did this to her, and like I said, he was, she said that he was polite, and he had a southern drawl, like a slow southern drawl. Uh, well, picked it up in Tejas. In the state of Illinois, in a very small town, um, that kind of like, noticeable. he instantly, <laughs> like he was a suspect in all of this. Um, also, he had um burglarized her after this whole entire thing had was done really technically he robbed her right burglary i equate that more to like you breaking in and taking stuff rather than i don't know i don't know maybe in my mind is questionable anyway (laughs) so um so he was a suspect for that And then not long after doing that, there was a 32-year-old woman. Uh, It was April 9th, so it was like a week later. 32-year-old woman, Mary Catherine Pierce. She was last seen leaving Frank's Tavern in Monmouth. Uh, She frequented the tavern as well as Richard. And then she was reported missing on the 13th of April. And they found Do you think her that body. place still exists? Sorry. I don't know. I want to go know. there if it does. <laughs> <laughs> Is it far away? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I have to look into that. Yeah. But she frequented so then, that. Like she frequented ahead. that place. Um, he frequented it as well as his brother-in-law worked there. So, oh, okay. There's a lot of connections there. But anyway, so she was reported missing on April 13th, and then her body was found that day 
and she was found in an empty hog house and she had died due to a blow to her abdomen that caused a rupture in her liver oh my god and he once again became a suspect really quickly Duh. Um, not too smart in picking his victims fortunately no, for everyone yeah so she he was questioned they told him not to leave town because they might question him more and what does he do he goes Leaves to chicago town. Mm-hmm. yeah sounds about right he goes <laughs> are we noticing town. a pattern <laughs> yeah so he leaves town and he goes to his sister martha in chicago in chirac <laughs> So she tells, she tells him, or like, or he tells her, he tells her that the the reason why he came to Chicago was because um, the, um, the mob in Monmouth, which I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm reading this and going, what? Um, the mob was trying to get him to sell narcotics. She doesn't believe it, but she still oh, takes him in. That's good. Well, at least oh, she's wait. not stupid. She's just a little stupid. She's still kind of stupid. For supporting him and enabling him. Still kind of stupid. Harboring a fugitive. <laughs> yeah. So they, they bring him in. And his brother-in-law, once again, tries to get him set up. Um he ends up like pulling some strings and gets him into this the national maritime union which basically it's like a union of people that work on ships mm-hmm. and i mean because they're right on lake michigan that makes sense yeah on lake michigan so he was working on a cargo sh- he ended up working on a cargo ship going through the great lakes more specifically like into the michigan area mm-hmm um so and then on may 3rd he ended up having a very 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 close brush brush with death and he should have died (laughs) in my opinion and he would have saved a lot of people a lot of heartache if he if he died yes would have saved a lot of lives um so he ended up developing appendicitis so bad that the coast guard needed to helicopter him to a hospital Jeez. In 1966. I want to know how long he was ignoring the pain. I don't know. Because I've had my appendix out. and I haven't. You know very quickly. Some may write. (laughs) Well, as the doctor had said that if he had waited like an hour longer. It would have ruptured. It would have ruptured and he would have died. So, I mean, he was that like close to death. So, he is in the hospital. He gets his appendix taken out. And at that point, like, he's recovering. And he gets all these doting nurses. And oh, he loves shit. It. He loves it. He just loves it. I bet. I bet he fucking does. Um, so he gets all these doting nurses. And ends up befriending one of them who becomes important later. But um, he's there for a little bit and then ends up going back to Chicago where his sister Martha helped take care of him until he recuperated. And by the way, she's a nurse. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm starting. There's just a lot of nurses running there's rampant a, through this story. <laughs> there's a lot of connections here. So, um, on May 20th, he's better. He gets back onto a ship, starts working again, except this time he starts screwing up again. Um, everybody drinks on ships, apparently, but he started adding pills. and he was neglecting his responsibilities and apparently at one point in time he almost fell off the ship and then (laughs) so we don't have like an einstein here is what no no and then like but and this is the thing this is the thing i'm noticing throughout all of this is that like this guy is not bright no i've been wondering almost this entire story if he's got some sort of autism that would be a whole like they they think there's speculation he had a condition and I can't even remember what it was called but um, some sort of like malformation of his brain or something like that like a I think it's called it was called XYY syndrome XYY syndrome but that was like that's when isn't that when they've got like two Y chromosomes Mm -hmm. and an X chromosome so he's like got way too much testosterone like like running you through know, his veins and he can't control himself and maybe this makes me a bad podcast host but like I didn't look too far into that because they said that that was like all a conspiracy and oh, okay. that was never proven to be true but you have to wonder if he had like intellectual issues yeah, and I mean, and what or with his piece of shit stepdad beat the hell out of him and damaged well, his brain. Yeah, and like the you know was it was it what was it like? At what point did it all start? Because yeah. what was the he, like the butterfly wing flapping that caused the yeah, effect? Like the was it? Effect. Does he had? Did he have something like some sort something from birth? Did he have like some head injury? from like maybe getting beaten was it the alcohol what was it what 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 was just a probably a perfect storm of everything and yeah it's very likely that but anyway so he um he ended up getting fired from the ship because he ended up getting drunk and got into a fight with one of the first or one of the ship's officers and pulled out a switchblade and so which are illegal did you know that i'm pretty sure they're illegal i think i knew that i think i'd heard that before i'm probably making shit up and you're just agreeing with me (laughs) no i feel like i've heard i'm pretty sure i've heard that (laughs) no i think i've heard that before i think brandon has told me about that before maybe i'm wrong i don't know no i feel like we're not making this up we're gonna google this later (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll let you know in the next episode if this is true or not or you'll know the answer yeah (laughs) or you'll know the answer and think we're a bunch of idiots that's the more likely outcome of this yeah probably okay so anyway (laughs) so he got fired and this is june 14th okay um so right after he was fired he then um spent two weeks with this woman this nurse that he met at the hospital her name was judy and apparently she described that he was a lovely person lovely man 
and you know, talk about a bad judge of character <laughs> well i feel like maybe he was like he had like a a side to him that like oh here's my good side and then here's my bad side if that makes Jekyll sense and Hyde. Mm-hmm, maybe because i mean it's weird to hear multiple people say well he was so nice and so polite said that about ted bundy too but exactly I don't know, but whatever. So anyway, he spent like two weeks with her and it kind of like sounded almost like a love affair, but like not really. Like he's, they said befriended, but then it like almost kind of alluded to maybe that something went on. Friends with benefits? Maybe. So she then left, or he then left after two weeks and she even gave him like $80 to tide him over until he got a job. So she was his sugar mama. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good friend right there. (laughs) (laughs) So then, you know, I guess it may be a union thing. I I mean, so he he spent a couple weeks back in Chicago in like a drunken depression on his freaking sister's couch. And then at some point in time, an opportunity came about that he could get another job on a ship. And like I said, it must be a union thing. And so he had potential to get this another job on another ship. He packed up his stuff, was ready to go, got there, and they'd given his job to another person. Like that was more qualified. So then they said, okay, well, there's a union hall in East Chicago, which is in Indiana. For people that don't know. Um, And they might have a job there. He gets there. No job. So then he goes back to Chicago where they said that there might be another job at another union hall. No job. This point in time, he's pissed. Yeah, I was trying to be pissed off too. He's driving like hours away trying Mm -hmm. to find a job. (laughs) So at this point in time, it is July 2nd. Uh... 1966. And he's pissed off. The day before everything happened. Oh, jeez. He gets drunk. Or technically it would be like the day into the night. Anyway. Okay. It's the eve. It's the (laughs) eve. So he gets drunk. (laughs) He spends all day at this um, shipyard tavern inn in Chicago. And he has like a hotel or like a room there. And he spends all day there. He's getting drunk. He then encounters, like, this 53-year-old woman who's also there. She's getting drunk all day. And at some point in time, he attacks her at knife point. Um, her name was Ella May Hooper. Attacks her at knife point. Takes her up to his room. He rapes her. He uh, steals... 16 mail order dollars from her and what is that i'm not sure i would assume it's like a mail order you know like how you say like send money through mail orders am i the only person that's had to do that (laughs) it's like it's almost like a check oh okay like a cashier's check kind of i got i like a traveler's check or because like now you just go to western union you know, or I, or I, just do it on your phone. So I'm very confused. Like a money order. 
I would assume oh, it would be okay. like a money order, but they okay, said okay. it was like a mail order. Okay. So that's I'm what I assume like, it would be. What is she buying from catalogs? Like, what is he going to buy with these? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> that's what came to my mind. It was like money for catalog purchases. <laughs> a good point. So anyway, he um, takes this money and then he takes a twenty-two caliber pistol from her as well. Oh, shit. He leaves at about 10.40 p.m. and walks about a mile and a half down the road to 2319 East 100th Street in Jeffrey, Jeffrey Manor neighborhood. Wait, but did he leave Fannie Mae alive? Or whatever, something May? LMA? LMA? Sorry, LMA. Fannie Mae. Yeah, she was alive. <laughs> okay. All right. She was alive. So he walks down to the townhome, and this is what is functioning as the dormitory for these nursing students. They are senior nursing students at South Chicago Community Hospital. He knocks on the door, and uh, it's Corazon Amaro. She's a Philippine... Um, Corazon. Exchange Corazon. student. Corazon. I mean, it's heart. Corazon. Or reason. Corazon. Yeah. Yep. So she, she answers the door. He has his gun. And he uses it to get inside the house. They go around. Everybody's sleeping at this point. They go and wake up the other nurses. Um, there's two other Filip- Filipino... Um, exchange students, uh, Merlita Gargulo and Valentina Passon. Okay. And then, don't add us. We we're trying here. We're not sorry. Hispanic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. Um, and then there are three American students there's Patricia Matuski and See, can't uh, even pronounce the American names. I can't even pronounce all that. <laughs> I'm bad. I can't with names, guys. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying like we just no, can't pronounce the, shit. I'm bad with names. I actually like wrote out um Corazon Corazon <laughs> Corazon. Yeah. Corazon's name like how I would pronounce it like in my head so I knew exactly how to pronounce her name anyway so and then there was Pamela Wilkening Wilkening I trip over that one a lot uh Nina Jo Schmail Schmail them all into the room into a room like almost like I saw pictures of it with like a almost like an army barrack or if like their been... bunk room or whatever? Yeah, like, like a sleep? bunk room. It reminded me of a cold dorm in a sorority. That's what it looked like to me. But I guess the army barrack would be another one. I like a dorm. I like In sororities, they have like big rooms where everybody sleeps. Oh. Almost like an army barrack. Oh, okay. But it was like cozy. Anyway. Okay. So he takes them into a room and he just 
He's got the gun. He sits on the floor. They're sitting on the floor. And oddly enough, like, it's really chill at first. Like, he's really chilled out. He's just talking to them. Um, He's telling them he's not going to hurt them. He just wants their money. He's planning on going down to New Orleans. And he just needs money. And so they give him money. And, like, like there, I guess the whole mindset behind it was like, okay, so he was really calm. So they were going to stay really calm to not like agitate the situation. So yeah, he's just like chill about it and they're chill about it. And then at some point, um, Gloria Jean Davy comes in. She had like she got her, to the house. Okay, like she Sorry. came to the house. She had been out with her boyfriend. She came into the house, and he brings and like she goes up there too. Like they're she, she's going in there too, <laughs> like uh. and still chill, still chill. Okay, so at some point, he then like to their shock, he takes out his switchblade and starts cutting up the sheets to their beds and then uses it to tie them up. At some point he had no more chill. Well, God. then he takes Pamela into another room and they believed that he may have intended at that point to like rape her. And then um, two other nurses came in um, who had just oh gotten gosh. home. And that would be Suzanne... Ferris and Marianne Jordan and they walk into the door of that room and he just loses it (gasps) and he stabs the hell out of them oh my god 20 times and then he kills Pamela and I guess like maybe what caused him to snap was I guess Pamela like gave him some attitude and he may not have liked it. So, wow. once again, you go from, like, the Madonna to the whore, feeling like he's been betrayed. That was, like, my thought process, was maybe that, like, that's what he was thinking. He got betrayed by her. And he snapped. Oh, okay. That's what, my, that's what I was assuming may have happened in his mind. Or maybe he's just a but piece you're of going, shit. You're going into a mind of a murderer here, and I don't want to do that. I kind of do. Like, I want to know what the fuck. I just want to know what the fuck. Right? <laughs> so, after that point, he starts bringing, like, grabbing each woman one by one and taking them out of the room and either snap, stab, stabbing them or strangling them. Yeah, it took him four hours to do all of this. So, he one by one takes them into another room and would either strangle them or uh, stab them. Oh my gosh. And he saved Gloria Jean Davy for last. He took her downstairs. He took her to the couch and he raped her, sodomized her, Ah. and then strangled her. And then he goes back upstairs, checks to make sure that there's nobody left. 
and then um, burglarized the place, essentially. Pattern. He left. He left. So he leaves, and he's thinking he committed the perfect crime. And he goes back to the shipyard tavern in the next day, drinking, doing whatever. Um, All this stuff is blowing up on the news, like newspapers and stuff. Oh, I bet. And because this was like big deal. This was like a big crime. Wait, so who found them? (laughs) Are you getting to that? I'll get to that in a second. Oh, I'm sorry. So... Little does he know that um, Corazon, Mi Corazon, she survived. <gasps> she, really? So he was drunk. Like, he had been drinking the entire day leading up to this. And I think maybe, like, in drunken confusion, he also said that he got some sort of shot or some of something i don't know he doesn't i don't i don't even know if they had heroin back then but he says that he got some sort of shot and he doesn't remember anything after that Jesus. so he so he claims so he whatever claims. this motherfucker knows exactly what happened he just messed up and he thought he had committed the perfect crime so he's like coming up with any excuse he can yeah so he apparently had lost count with all these women coming in and out like well obviously they're not going out but <laughs> well uncomfortable laugh again um, yeah. but... <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> he's he's lost track of the original amount of people or the original amount of women that he had tied up and like the ones that were coming in and um Corazon just rolled herself underneath one of the beds and hit on Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Smart lady. I love a smart lady. Yeah. So she's like underneath there. She's like and if you remember correctly, like he went back up there to check to make sure he didn't miss anybody. And she was praying the entire time that he was not going to see her or, you know, realize that she was still there. And he missed her. And so Uh. she's laying there and she's under the bed and she stayed there the entire night. She was afraid to come out as, you know, you would expect. Yeah, hell yeah, I would be too. I'd be like, I probably would be just frozen in shock and fear. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I would be too. But she, about six o'clock in the morning, she finally came out. She ran to the window and she started screaming. She was like, all my friends are dead. He killed them all. All my friends oh my are dead. God. She's Could screaming out the window and she's just screaming and screaming until the police arrived. Holy shit. And so all the while, he's thinking that he's left nobody He's out drinking. He and then he quickly realizes that not only do they have a survivor, oh, but guess what? Um he also 
left a shit ton of fingerprints and he's got a criminal record in Dallas and they were able to tie him back to his criminal record and confirm that he was with uh, Corazon that he was in fact the one that murdered all these women because of his criminal record or because because of what? so he he left a bunch of fingerprints oh okay 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 mm-hmm. so he Don't realizes ask. this he realizes <laughs> this he realizes he's not wanted and he attempts to hide so he he leaves the inn he checks in to a cheap motel under an, another name he does not leave the hotel he's hiding there and literally realized, which family member which family member harbors him as a fugitive this time that's what i'm that's what i keep thinking nope nope mama doesn't come to the rescue <laughs> nope he ends up then realizing that he's like up shit creek and he drinks a shit ton of alcohol breaks one of the glass bottles and uses it to cut the shit out of his wrists Ugh. fucking he's coward found. piece of shit I know, but he was found. They initially did not realize the police come. They did not realize it was him. They take him to Cook County Hospital, where really quickly they notice his tattoo. Yeah, motherfucker. Dumbass. Anyway, <laughs> so at that point, he's like, can, he's arrested. He didn't remember anything, as I said. Mm-hmm. Although he never, like, denied that he did it. He just claimed he didn't remember. Um, and this really sets him up for, like, an insanity plea at this point. Um, that Drug like, addiction he... is not insanity. And, you know, I was curious about that. Like, is it, was this different back then? Like, in terms of, like, what was considered to be insanity, but I don't know. He ended up getting psyche vows, like, extensive psyche vows in order to determine that he was competent to stand trial. So... I hate this guy so fucking much. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> so he goes through these psyche vows, and yes, he is deemed competent. So on April 3rd of... 1967 he and they had to move the trial to Peoria Illinois because it was such big like hype around this trial um they start his trial and on the second day Corazon testifies and they were expecting that she was just gonna like point to him on this like on the stand and say yep that was him no she gets up off the stand walks over to him sticks her finger in his face and Hell said, yeah. this is the man. I love this girl. Fuck yeah. Corazon, do the thing. Smart woman. <laughs> Smart woman, hid, uh, badass bitch. Badass Hell bitch. Yeah. Hashtag badass bitch. <laughs> so he ends <laughs> up <laughs> gonna start hashtagging that. Anyway, um, so he ends up being found guilty and sentenced to death. And he gets sent down to Stateville Prison in Joliet, Illinois, where initially it it was bad for him, but then he becomes basically, like, king of the place. 
um, which is crazy. You could like do a whole entire podcast just on how he became like king of this joint. So then in June 1971, he had, he's living the life, right? He ended up having his death sentence reversed by the Supreme Court because there was potential um, jurors that were purposefully excluded from the jury because they had an objection to the death penalty or they wouldn't have given him the death penalty. I think that was my understanding of it. Well, that's so the then, whole fucking point on jury selection. I'm sorry that your lawyer didn't pick the right fucking jurors. Like, yeah, that sucks and, for you. And I wasn't understanding that. Like, I was like, how, like, when they do jury selection, they, like, pick and choose who they want. Right. They so try I to stack the jury in their favor. And so basically yes. what he's saying is my lawyer did a shit job at stacking the jury in my favor. Well, and his lawyer was trying to say that, like, he wouldn't have been able to ever do this if he wouldn't if he wasn't a drunk like he didn't have the confidence to do that i don't know his defense was really weird so because they were grasping at straws well yeah because i mean he did it and also he's a piece of shit and i mean he's got this like criminal rap sheet of like pages long I read somewhere that he, like, legit denied this shit, like, to the grave. Like, he fucking denied that he did it to the grave. So, from my understanding, he never, he never denied it. He just said he couldn't remember it. And then I'm going to get that into a second. But anyway, so he got a new sentence. He got a new sentence that was, like, 400 years to, like, 1,200 years. But he was eligible for parole. Which... He was never granted. Ever. I was going to say, well, at this point, like, unless he's in the Old Testament, his fucking ass is dying in jail because, like, those yeah. are the only people I've ever heard of that lived until 700 and whatever odd years. And... Yeah. So anyway, so then he ended up dying December 5th, 1991 of a heart attack. Bye, Felicia. The, the day before his birthday. How old was he? 49. Same age as his dad? No, his dad was 53. Oh, okay. Well, fuck him. So anyway, this is interesting. Not his dad, him. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, this was interesting, though. In 1996, though, there was a police video released of him, or not a police video, a prison video released that was recorded in 1988, where he talked about what he was doing, like his crimes and what he did and what was going through his mind. Who recorded it? Was it the, was it like, um, I think it was uh, a journalist. Oh, no shit. I was going to say, because if, um, John Douglas and his team went in there to interview him, I wonder if they were recording it. Was it a video recording or was it a tape recording? Yeah, it was a video recording. And apparently he had like altered his, like he had somehow managed to get like female sex hormones and he was taking them. And this is he, where the supposed XYY theory came from or whatever. It, it might be, but he was taking, he was taking these like hormones and he, he was had, trying like, to transition. They say that he was like, he was using it to his advantage in order to um, get things out of 
like to have like superiority over people like he he was turning himself into like a queen bee kind of situation what like, the fuck? like he wait so, was he taking estrogen he, or was he taking testosterone no he was taking i believe he was taking estrogen so basically he was like he was growing breasts he was wearing like silky underwear and these guys would like touch him and fondle him and then he would get stuff in return for it okay so i i need to research this because there is a condition that's x x y where you have both male and female organs and that you would actually be like potentially medically prompted to take one one hormone or the other so no, if, it, while he was in jail, they found out that he did, in fact, have this condition. It's potential that that would have been covered. But it, I just find it. No, I don't he know. was smuggling them from my understanding. Oh, okay. So like it wasn't covered. It wasn't yeah. covered by like the prison. System. So I just looked it up. XYY syndrome is a rare chromosome disorder that affects males. It's caused by the presence of an extra Y. Males normally have one X and one Y. However, the individuals have x and two y's they mm-hmm. usually are very tall um was he tall de- yeah they develop frontal baldness uh you hmm. your physique can kind of be uh, like feminine which doesn't make sense it's why why he yeah. had testicular atrophy breast development osteoporosis a tendency to lose chest hairs gosh that's so that's like... where that came from but so my okay. understanding he was smuggling hormones interesting he did it to himself and he was using that in his favor to manipulate other inmates yes to like get things out of them i like cannot like i have no words for how fucked up this like like what in the video, it talks about he talks about how he lets guys have sex with him, and he enjoys it. Ooh. I think, like, I'm so torn on thinking like maybe he just like wanted to transition, and like this ended up just being a byproduct of that, or like was he actually doing this to manipulate fellow inmates? And I was and curious. Like- of, I was curious about that as well, and but this almost becomes like so people assumed that that's what he was doing was that he was uh trying to use it to his advantage but uh, like what point is that I don't know I I'm like I question whether or not he was actually trans and and then just let them think whatever they wanted to think because it made him look like more macho in their eyes yeah whatever so but that's Richard yeah so in um and I don't know the truth to this or the validity of this but in the and I'm guessing it's actually true because because the show um Mindhunter follows John Douglas's book very closely and John Douglas in Mindhunter goes through several different serial killers that they interviewed in cases that he helped to solve um and one of the people that they interviewed was Richard Speck and in the um the show i can't remember if it happened in the book i did read the book but it's been a while but in the show um he had like 
I think in the show it's a bird, but I think in reality it was a rat. But he like got a sick creature and nursed it back to health and kept it as a pet in prison and like fed it some of his food every day and like had this creature that trusted him and loved him and depended on him, which was just completely unheard of that they allowed him to keep this. And Um, during the interview, he like reacted in some sort of way to something that they said to him and just killed it. He just fucking murdered it. Okay, so he was given the name Birdman. And this was after he kept a pair of sparrows that would fly into his cell. Okay, and he kept them. Yeah, and he basically, so he, like I said, he kind of became like, started to rule the roost there like initially he was put into um solitary. i liked your description before he was the queen bee because really he was effeminate and so yeah but he started but that's what he started to do i guess initially there was concern that he was going to get killed because of what he did and so he was put into um what is it the solitary confinement solitary uh-huh and what ended up happening was he was he started to like paint in his uh cell they allowed him to do that and then they liked what he was doing so they allowed him allowed him to paint more he kind of became like a janitor he got more and more freedoms so then he was taking that freedom in order to like distill moonshine using uh raisin which i didn't know you could do that and yeah any fruit any fruit you can ferment well, and I didn't. raisins are dried grapes, so that makes the sense. more you know, right there. Well, so there you he... go. Go make yourself some bathtub gin, girl. I think right? that's a totally different process, though. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so he ended up distilling moonshine, and then he was like somehow getting like drugs and all this other stuff, and so he be kind of became like the queen bee, mostly just because he was able to bring in out al- or he had alcohol. Like contraband Jeez. available to him. Interesting. Yeah. Guy was seriously fucked. Mm-hmm. But when he died, none of his family wanted his body. Oh, that's kind of still sad. I don't know. So is he like in an unmarked grave somewhere? Like on he was, government um, property? He was cremated. cremated and only two people know where he his remains were scattered. It's not like somewhere you can go visit. I don't know. Hmm. Might be under our own damn feet. <laughs> I mean, we're not far from there. No. So. so, but that's the story of Richard Speck and the horrible, awful fucking things he did. And apparently he is believed to have murdered that one, um, what is it? Mary, Mary Catherine Pierce. But, you know, he never really got justice. I mean, at this point, like, he ended up in jail for years. Like, what does it matter? But, uh... But still, it would have been nice for her loved ones to have that type of, like... The peace. The peace of mind. I don't want to say closure, but just, like, answers. Mm Mm-hmm. But... So, yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting character. Seemed to have a nurse complex and uh, a lot of hatred towards women. A lot of people fetishize nurses, and it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. You think I don't know? (laughs) (laughs) 
no better than me you think I'm hot in my scrubs no I have shit on them okay literal human poop this is feces this is blood here's where someone pissed on me and this I think that's my lunch that I quickly ate at my desk while I was charting yeah Ugh. so anyway (sighs) good story I didn't know most of that Mm mm-hmm and that's like a famous case. Yep. So, but well, um, I don't know if you have uh, anything else you want to say. Well, there were a couple things. So I didn't know, like, if you wanted to um, kind of just um, shout out your TikTok information. So maybe people that are listening can find you there. Yeah. So um, for those of you that don't know, I have a TikTok and um you can find me it's i don't like if i would have known i'm sorry i would would, know i mean if i would have known i would have been doing this i would have had a more creative tiktok name um but it's (laughs) courtney underscore ann 1.0 so and it's good she deals a lot with like missing children children. cases Mm -hmm. um i enjoy it um but yeah if you guys want to hear more from Courtney check her out there um I would plug myself but I legit do not have any like public profiles because I'm not down with that mostly I just can't like I don't have the mental capacity to deal with trolls not like I don't have the thick skin or the different way of looking at things like Courtney does so (laughs) um with that being said I was hesitant to do the following thing but I do think that it's something that we need to do at some point we might as well just do it now um we have an email address that you can contact us at that's you know if you want to give us um pronunciation advice if you want to give us um, additional information regarding podcasts, um, episodes, if you want to um, recommend cases that we should look into, um, yes. if you want to say something nice to us, that'd be great. If you say something mean, I legit will just either call your dumb ass out on my podcast, on our podcast, for the whole world to hear, um, so or delete teachers- it and ignore it. One of my teachers in school used to say, um, do you have any comments, com- or comments, what was it? Comments, questions, compl- comments, comments, questions, comments, compliments. Compliments, yep. Yes. No mean things. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all, people. That is all I have to say about that. <laughs> yep. All so, right, well, I don't know what I'm doing next. I have a couple floating around in my head, so... I can't tell you guys what the next episode will be on. I know that I just started reading John Walsh's book called uh, Tears of Rage. And it's about like his son's case and how that kind of like evolved. Super stoked about that. Um, So that's going to come at some point, but I am not reading this big ass book in time for next week. So Um, Courtney, did you want to talk about any sources that you used? Oh, yes. So like I said, I used, um, I found a, any uh documentary on youtube i just typed in um richard speck and it popped up cool um i used a lot of that i also used murderpedia uh use britannica britannica.com <laughs> so those were the main sources i went to the uh any documentary was really good though kind of old but good yeah i'll have to look it up 
Okay, cool. Well, great story, Court. Thank you for telling. Thank you. Yay, guys. All right, everybody. Keep it real. We'll see you next time, I guess. Yep. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Bye.